Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by peaking interest. And what better way to peak some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor on The Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Sunday there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Yes, it is our Sunday Candidate Highlight Series. I am so excited to share today's episode because today's guest, he don't care because his name is Nate Honey Badger Atkins. He is running for mayor of Minneapolis as a libertarian and a great opportunity it is to really dig into the specific issues that are really impacting Minneapolis. And we actually discussed something I didn't even prepare for, football of all things, Focusing how Minneapolis tax dollars were actually used to help get U.S. Bank Stadium for the Minnesota Vikings in downtown Minneapolis and then impacted business owners that they had to pay a stadium tax. Yeah, you're going to hear about that and more on today's awesome Sunday Candidate Highlight Series. So without further ado, on to the show, Nate Atkins here on The Brian Nichols Show. Alrighty, and with that, joining me here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show, he is running for mayor of the city of Minneapolis up in Minnesota, Nate Honey Badger Atkins. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, Nate. Thank you for joining the program. Honey Badger Atkins, Nate Honey Badger Atkins. Well, I know that instantly is going to be a fun story we're going to dig into, but Nate, you are running for mayor of the city of Minneapolis up in Minnesota, as I tease there in the intro. Thank you for, uh, I always say this to the folks who are running here on the show as Big L Libertarians, thank you for being willing to put the name of Libertarian next to your name. I think it's important for folks, especially as we are growing as a movement, to start to, to correlate the ideas with the candidates. And I've talked about this at length on the program. I think the most successful way that we can get into people's minds right now, and the data is showing this, running local candidates, running on issues specifically that are pertinent to those areas. So with that being said, Nate Honey Badger Atkins, let's start off here. Where'd the Honey Badger name come from? Number one, number two, Nate, who are you and uh, what got you into this greater world of liberty politics? So my uh the nickname honey badger just came from a previous uh a guy that i used to work with um at a previous job and um i don't know if you remember maybe uh 
it was probably about 10 years ago now, there was that kind of viral video about the honey badger that was circulating on YouTube. Honey badger don't care. That exactly, one, right? Exactly, yeah. That's right. Honey badger don't care. Um, honey badger don't give a you-know-what. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we can swear on this, but... Ah, we can bleep if we need to. It's okay. Okay. Um, and uh, at the time, what happened was kind of how this correlates, how I started using it is in my uh, kind of moniker and my, my name and everything is that um, I was a former kind of like small L kind of big C conservative kind of libertarian Republican. Mm, mm-hmm. And in 2010, I ran for the Minnesota state house, um, uh, Minnesota state house seat. Um, I ran as a Republican, um, but I had some kind of libertarian ish ideas. And in 2012, I was asked to, more or less be like a, a warm body on the ticket, just a, a name on the ballot. The Republican Party was looking to have a full slate of candidates for every seat available in Minnesota. I laugh because up in New York, I'm from New York State, and it's obviously a predominantly blue state. And you see, yes, the sacrificial lambs. They yeah. are they, they, every single year, <laughs> yeah. so I completely empathize. Totally, yeah. And so they, uh, so they asked me to, and I, I just told them, I'm like, look, yeah, I'll be on it, but I'm, I'm a little burnt out on politics. I had a lot going on in my life, and I decided, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll run. I'll put my name on the ballot. That's cool. I'll do that for you guys. And at the time, I was involved in the uh, the Ron Paul movement. I was mm. trying to get him the uh, the nomination for, for president. And um, I went to the Secretary of State's office here in Minnesota to, to file for my campaign. And while I was walking in, I thought, oh, it'd be kind of funny if I just put down as my name Nate Honey Badger Atkins. It'd be kind of, let's see what happens with it. I did that and they actually filed it that way. That's hilarious. And that was the filing deadline day. And that's usually when like reporters start reporting, hey, so-and-so's running here, so-and-so's running there. And next thing you know, it's like, I'm kind of trending a little bit on Twitter. I'm getting all these local mentions saying, hey, there's a guy that, that filed as Honey Badger. And next thing I know, I'm getting like people messaging me and they're kind of like, hey, this is awesome. This is kind of funny. What are you going to do with it? And I just started to put my beliefs out there. And I was just like, heck, I'm a warm body on the on the ticket. I know I don't stand a chance in hell of winning because I was in probably the most deeply blue, you know, DFL stronghold here in Minnesota. And just so you know, in Minnesota, the Democrats are called the DFL. It's Democrat farmer labor. So that's what I'm referring to when I say DFL. But I knew I didn't stand a chance of winning. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run on a, a platform of uh, bringing the troops home, ending the wars, um, legalizing marijuana and letting uh, letting homosexuals marry. Those were those were like that was the big topic back in 2012 in Minnesota. There was a, a legal there was a constitutional amendment to uh, define marriage as being between a man and a woman. People, and people don't remember that Obama ran in 2008 as crazy straight like he was pro straight marriage and actually he was yeah. quite against him and hillary were quite against the idea of same-sex marriage so yeah people forget that that was quite literally one of the most top of mind hot button issues that people were discussing yeah. i mean it was being brought up during gop and democratic party debates and that's just something that now it's so i guess status quo accepted understood it's just you know it is what it is that to think that that was the topic of conversation wow it really does put you uh put you back doesn't it Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that that was, I mean, less than 10 years ago that, <laughs> and what was it, 2014 when the Supreme Court decision came down? Um, something like that, but it was. Yeah, Birchville. Yeah. Yep. Somewhere in there. Yep. 
So you ran um, for office. You got n- the moniker Honey Badger. And and how how did the the local I guess the local folks take number one a guy running for office as Honey Badger, but number two, how were they uh, taking your your libertarian approach to the different policies that were out there? Um, you know, I did have the the handful of Republicans because I was I was I did file as a Republican. I did have a number of them that you know were really angry at me and didn't like uh, my anti-war stance, my pro-gay marriage, you know. My whole thing was like, hey, you guys are the ones talking about individual rights. You're the ones talking about getting government out of our lives and and keeping government out of our homes and, and whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just doing what's consistent, in my opinion. You know, you're you're the ones that say that I'm I'm just holding up those ideals, you know, and the, the uh, GOP. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I just had this analogy in my head. The GOP may have been the biggest red pill there was because they all they talked about from the candidate standpoint when they were going out and trying to curate uh, the the constituents to vote for them in the primaries is what a pro liberty overtly small l libertarian conservatarian message yep. and and guess what people after voting for them in 2010 2012 and 2014 where you saw the GOP get larger and larger in Congress both in the House and the Senate and then all of a sudden 2016 the stars align you got a GOP controlled House. Congress across the board, including the Senate, and guess what? The presidency. So what did they do with it? Nothing. They did zero with it. And your average GOP person said, hold on. We've been told, especially over these past, you know, 10 years with this Tea Party revolution, that the GOP is supposed to be the team of individual liberty, of, you know, fiscal conservatism, or at least embracing the ideas of free markets. Mm -hmm. And we found out 100%. It's not true because when they had the keys to the car, they too were driving it into the proverbial ditch. So I think right there, the GOP, to your point, they were the ultimate red pill for a lot of folks who did ultimately make that decision to maybe gravitate away from the GOP and now are looking at the LP as an alternative form because they say, hey, at least this party believes what they say and they're running principled candidates who, when they have been elected into office and in those local offices specifically, as while it's a smaller number, they have actually stood by what they said they were going to do, and they made their constituents' lives, no, their constituents' lives, that is better. So I didn't mean to interrupt there, but Nate, continue. Sorry. No, totally. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I kind of ran on that. I got got quite a bit of flack from uh, a lot of the Republicans in my district, but um, I was getting a you know a decent number of emails and contacts. You know, people reaching out on Twitter, on Facebook, just shooting me messages saying, Hey, I actually kind of agree with some of the things that, that you're talking about. You know, at, at first I thought you were just kind of a joke. I thought this was just kind of a, whatever, like a, a not, you know, very uh, serious campaign. And we actually kind of agree with you. And another thing that was, that was kind of a big issue back in uh, 2012 was uh, we had, uh, we had just agreed that I shouldn't say we, but the Minnesota state government had decided to, fund nearly a billion dollars for U.S. Bank Stadium and the in the Minnesota Vikings. And I ran on a, like, no more taxpayer-funded stadiums. And if anything, we need to pull that money back, you know. And so I was very much opposed to that, even though, even though I'm a huge Vikings fan. I was opposed to that. And I had, like, quite a few people saying, yeah, amen. They're like, this is, this is BS, you know. We're we're hearing from these same government officials about how we don't have enough money for schools. We don't have enough money for infrastructure. We don't have enough money for this or that. 
but we have like close to a billion dollars to give to a billionaire sports owner and and uh, and a sports team that's worth billions. It's beautiful though. Stadium is really nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I go to games there, but oh, I know. know it's insane. I don't well, like it, how it came to be. Well, and that's the thing. You would be ru- so you're running for mayor for Minneapolis, yeah. and and you would actually have a direct say in that process so let's kind of reverse engineer because your average person will hear okay great another libertarian complaining about something that was going to be inevitable well what's your solution going to be nate well here let's do this reverse engineer let's go back to saying okay minnesota vikings you want to build a brand new u.s bank stadium here in downtown minneapolis how would that process look from a libertarian perspective, because obviously there's going to be a lot of different moving pieces, right? You have your your public utilities, you're going to have the construction in a very urban area. So people are going to say externalities galore. How can we manage that? So Nate, how would we, I guess, overcome an objection were that raised? You know, I, I just get back to the fact that, I mean, you know, people, their objection was always, well, if they, if we don't build the stadium, we're going to lose that money, meaning we're going to lose the tax revenue. We're going to lose the, you know, the, the people won't be spending money on tickets. They won't be spending money on concessions. They won't be going out to bars and restaurants, you know, before and after the game. All that money is going to be lost. And my whole point was like, man, if you know anything about economics, that's not how it works. That doesn't mean that the money just goes poof and disappears. It just means it gets spent in a more productive place. It gets spent somewhere else. You know, instead of spending, uh, you know, in, in all honesty, to go to a Vikings game for two people, you get tickets, parking, you know, beers, food, everything. It's like five hundred dollars. So, OK, so that five hundred dollars that that couple, that family, whoever, those two fans, they're going to be spending five hundred dollars somewhere else in our economy. So it's not disappearing. It's not going poof. Um it's just, it, to me, it's just, it's more of like about a principle. It's just like, what are we doing? Like funding this stuff and then turning around and saying, we don't have money for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, one thing that's been kind of hurting Minneapolis, especially downtown Minneapolis is um, the stadium tax. There's a, there's a surcharge on all that. sales. There's a surcharge on all sales that just makes it really expensive to go out downtown. And there's a lot of other moving parts that are affecting the kind of the vitality of downtown right now. We had the riots last summer. We had, you know, the COVID restrictions. We had all this stuff. But adding a a surcharge to, you know, sales and everything down there doesn't help. No. And, you know, I there's a local hardware store that I go to here. And uh, every now and then when I go in, uh, I see the manager and he rings me up and he says, you know, your total is such and such, and that includes your stadium tax. He makes sure to get that in there because he presents the heck heck out of the fact that he's got to charge that. That's insane. Yeah. But well, the and, fact that that's a thing, right? Okay. So really quick, number one, the fact that that's a thing, a stadium tax is insanity because just by the very virtue of you living next to this massive infrastructure project that now is going to be, yes, generating money to the area, but now you have to end up paying more for the benefit of that. That doesn't make sense, number one. Number two, your average person, if they were to hear, wait, so the argument is that if the government doesn't pay this multi-billion dollar organization or entity that's a part of a multi-multi-billion dollar organization being the NFL, that the Minnesota Vikings isn't going to exist? Like, are, are, are we going to pretend that there are not quite literally hundreds of different vested interests in the Minnesota Vikings remaining in Minneapolis to make it 
work. And that actually speaks to the value of what we're trying to present as an alternative solution. Because instead of having this this bureaucratic nonsense where it's based on who you know or based on the relationships and the quid pro quos and politics, it's actually based on real fundamental market realities. You have to be able to offer the best solution. You have to be able to offer the best value, the best price. You have to be able to work in economic realities, which across the board will help even out the, the kind of very questionable, why are we having a stadium tax to pay for a certain aspect of funding the stadium? Isn't it supposed to pay for itself, question mark? And that's where we can start to see the libertarian solutions starting to answer the questions that people are, are seeing in their, their daily lives. So, Nate, let's kind of segue. You mentioned this uh, as something that happened last year, and we're still seeing the the remnants of this throughout 2021. You had Throughout the entirety of the of the summer from 2020, the uh, the riots. I know Minneapolis got hit hard, as did Philadelphia and other larger cities. Um, you know, I I know for me, I was a mile or so away from the chaos, but even still, it was a little creepy to have it happening right in your backyard. So, what's been that kind of perception in Minneapolis? I know there was a stronger push to defund the police. How is that? There still is. And there, okay, so talk about that. What's that? That I guess that discussion. Right now in Minneapolis, and how are you answering that conversation from a libertarian perspective? So what I'm telling people is this: I mean, we kind of have, we kind of have this two warring tribes, more or less. We have on the one, like on the left, we have the the defunders, the people who want to defund the police, who want to like eliminate the police department, and then kind of recreate a, a new one, um, which the details on are a little bit murky. But I'll be honest with you. They're not all that different from the current police department. Um, so I don't really see how much of an actual change that is. And then on the other hand, over on the, the right, you have the kind of back the blue. We got to support the police, fund them, give them whatever they want. We need uh, we need safety and security in our streets. And I and then you have kind of in the middle, you have like this kind of chasm of people that are kind of caught in the crossfire, kind of caught in the middle. that are like, hey, we, we saw what happened with George Floyd. And. We've seen, you know, other other killings, other other things that the police have done to 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 hurt people that were that were out of line, that were unneeded. Um, and at the same time, we've seen what happens when when police departments don't have the resources necessary to to serve and protect the people. In Minneapolis, I mean, we've had skyrocketing crime. We've had increases in carjackings in. Uh, property theft, property crime, uh, gun crime, shootings, killings. It's it, it's Ditto. just exploding. Ditto yep. everywhere. I think all these big cities are seeing this, and it's really putting it's putting the test right of yeah. the the kind of okay. And and I've seen this, you know. And I think anybody who's gone to a college can see this. You see in the classroom. Okay, well, here's how it can be, and you have people who have quite literally never been in any real-life scenarios outside of the confines of their classrooms, that they they make these kind of make-believe scenarios that they can make work in their mind and make work on the blackboard, but then when you apply it to real life and, 
and I'm not exaggerating, and the, the infinite possibilities and different variables that can pop in to these different equations that, as much as you might think, Mr. Professor, you have it locked down to a science, and I know we have to trust the science. We can't trust the, the you know, we, we, we can't trust anything else besides the science, including one Dr. Anthony Fauci, because he is the science, but you have it down to that science that it can't be questioned? No, that's not how this works, and actually, it's it's actually more important for us to now look at the actual outcomes of these policies and learn from them and then trying to make sure that we can present the best Liberty alternatives. So Nate, let's kind of turn it back to that way. You're running for mayor. So what's the libertarian pitch on criminal justice reform, or I guess approaching this, you have the one side the defund the police and the other side back the blue. How can we reach folks in the middle who are saying, why do we have to do either of those things? Yeah. So the libertarian response, and this is this is something that a friend of mine um, who is an active LP member as well uh, told me. He said, you know, if he's going to sum up my campaign, it's this. He said, people have the right to not be murdered by police. People also have the right to use their city streets. We can have both. Now, the libertarian way to solve these issues or address them is we're going to do things like we're going to work to end uh, qualified immunity because that gives an undue amount of protection to the police. Um, it makes it incredibly difficult for uh, police to be held accountable in courts of law to be sued uh, by people that were um, injured or even killed by them. Um, we're going to uh, work to require that police carry liability insurance as a um, as a uh, as a condition of employment because when you think about it. You know, we require plumbers, electricians, contractors, so many different people in our society have to carry liability insurance in case they screw up. And if you have to carry liability insurance as a police officer, and um, if you have to carry that as a condition of employment, you're going to be a hell of a lot more careful with what you do. You know, you're not going to be so quick to draw your gun. You're not going to be so quick to you know, tase someone, to injure someone, to leave those cuffs on too tight. Um, oh, and, and by the way, they're being funded by your taxpayer dollars with that monopoly on force. So you, you better hope that they have some liability insurance to, to cover their butts when they, they do mess up. Yeah, absolutely. And and then the other thing that we're going to start addressing is just the overcriminalization of our society. You know, we we had a, we had a killing here shortly before the, the George Floyd verdict was read. Uh, it was probably like a week or two before that that trial ended, and it was a, a killing of a guy, uh, a kid named Dante Wright, up in Brooklyn Center, which is a suburb just north of Minneapolis. And it started it started with him being pulled over for expired tabs on his car. And you know, the question I've been kind of raising is like, well, why do we do at least in Minnesota? I don't know what they do in New York there, but we have yearly registration tabs where we have to pay a fee every year for our cars. And it's kind of based on, you know, how expensive your car is and it's kind of capped at a certain amount, but you have to pay a registration fee every, every year. Now they're not inspecting the car to make sure it's roadworthy. They're not giving you another driver's test to make sure that you can still safely operate a car. It's just this, this fee that you pay. And I'm kind of asking, well, why do we have that? Why don't we just maybe, I mean, okay, I'm, Obviously against, you know, whatever government charges and fees, you know, but okay, if we got to have it, why don't we just have it on the front end? When you buy the car, you just pay that fee and you're, you're covered for the, the time that you own the car. 
But now, because we have this this little law, it's one more way in which the police can can you know arrest us, can interact with us. And right now, the the relationship with the cops is is a little toxic. You know, let's be honest, it's a little toxic. And right now, I think we need to be limiting those interactions. Last thing I want to get to is we got to start talking about drug decriminalization. And now some people, that's really scary. They think, oh, we're just going to let people hang out on the corner and shoot heroin. And, you know, kids are going to be setting up a lemonade stand and a guy's going to be doing lines of coke on it, whatever. No, that's not what we're talking about. That means that when people are, you know, stopped for, for drug possession or drug use, we're going to be steering them into treatment programs. We're going to be doing uh, what I call nonviolent alternatives. You know, we're not going to be throwing them in a cage for something that's a victimless crime. You know, our police right now, especially in Minneapolis, they have more important things to be doing. They have, they have victim crimes, you know, not victimless. They have victim crimes. They have crimes where people are being assaulted. People are being attacked. People's you know, their homes are being broken into, their cars are being broken into, there's murders. That's the kind of stuff that they need to be focusing on, not whether or not a guy's not smoking the right plant or whatever. That's, yeah, yeah. I, and I think your average person is going to be nodding just adamantly in agreement, Nate. And I guess let's look towards the election. So when is this election taking place? Is this November? It's November 2nd this year. So you're you're running as the Libertarian candidate, and you have the, I think it's the incumbent Democratic mayor, if I'm correct? Correct. And so one thing to note for your listeners about this process in Minneapolis is that we have ranked choice voting, or otherwise known as instant runoff. And so that means, and there's no party affiliation technically with the candidates who run. You know, I think the last election cycle we had, I think it was like, probably a dozen or so dozen plus people running the vast majority of them were DFLers. They identified as that, although that didn't show up on the ballot. And um, what ends up happening is the DFL has been able to kind of stack things so much, you know, they get a ton of DFLers in there and then it, the, the uh, ranked choice voting or the instant runoff just results in basically a bunch of DFLers duking it out with the DFL coming out on top. Mm-hmm. But we have a chance right now where there's only, I believe, four DFLers running, which is very, very low. Not a big surprise because right now, who the hell wants the job? It's kind of it's kind of a shit show. Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of a crap show here. But, um, you know, we have a we have an opportunity, at least from my campaign, to actually get in there and make a big impact. And what I tell people is. I get it. If you're uncomfortable voting for a libertarian, if you're like, hey, I've never done that before. I've always voted DFL or something, something else. I get it. I get that. It's it's maybe maybe a weird thought to do. Go ahead and vote for the incumbent for mayor for, for your first choice. But your second choice, I ask that, that that it be me, because I'm the only one talking about real tangible police reform, not just kind of pie in the sky we're going to defund and then send in the social workers or something like that. I'm the only one who's actually addressing these issues with overcriminalization in our society. I'm the only one talking about drug decriminalization. You know, at least give me that shot for that second vote, okay? You can at least tell your friends and family when they ask you, who'd you vote for? Well, I voted for the DFLer. Okay. Then, then you don't have to have that uncomfort- uncomfortable conversation at Thanksgiving about, you know, how you voted for a libertarian. Make me your second choice. That's all I ask. Or I'll do my sales guy pitch. If you want to go ahead and make Nate Honey Badger Atkins your first choice and you want to help sell that 
to friends and family, well, of course, you can go ahead and check out my uh, awesome ebook. I, it's free, by the way. It's four easy steps you can implement now to help sell liberty to friends and family. <laughs> BrianNicholasShow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook because, Nate, I do think, uh, and, and this is where I think we're going to have a lot of success going forward, is that we do win in the battle place of ideas. And it starts with, I think, Unfortunately, having those uncomfortable conversations. Um, so I would I would challenge my audience, especially uh, the the new members of the audience who are joining us today uh, from Minneapolis. Please go into your uncomfortable areas and talk to friends, talk to family, and try to get Nate to be top of mind. So with that being said, obviously here on the YouTube, you can see the very bottom of the screen. It's honeybadgerformayor.com. Definitely going to pique some interest and get some people to uh, to want to ask some questions there about Honey Badger. But with that being said, Nate, you're on Twitter, Facebook. We also want to uh, have folks be able to help support your campaign. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming donations are, are accepted. With that being Absolutely. said, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah. Go to honeybadgerformayor.com. Donate today. The, the max that, that we can allow is $1,000. Otherwise, you know, you can always donate to the state party, LPM, lpmn.org. Um, go there. You can donate to the party itself. They'll help support uh, uh, my candidacy and my campaign. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, HB, the number four mayor, or just look me up on Facebook. Just do a search for Nate Honey Badger Atkins. I got a, a fan page there. You can go there and, and, uh, like and follow me um definitely check that out and donate we've gotten uh we've gotten a good response so far we're we're building a good kind of uh kind of war chest for the campaign we need some more money to to run some effective ads here some uh some you know social media ads uh uh, internet ads things like that and then you know we need money to be able to get out there and start uh, lit dropping start door knocking get uh, yard sides out, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a fun campaign. It's a, it's a long shot campaign, but it's one where I told people my goal is to change hearts and minds. That's my biggest thing. Winning, winning the election, dude, if that happens, great. If it doesn't happen, the biggest concern for me is getting people's hearts and minds changed because when that happens, that's when real change actually happens in our society. I'm smiling because my audience and they know as well. That's one of the main things we focus here on the Brian Nichols show. So Nate, I think we're going to have a talk after, after we're done here at the show. I have a, a fun little idea that Chris Goizet and I can talk to you about. With that being said though, okay. thank you so much for joining us here on the Brian Nichols show. Folks, if you're interested in supporting Nate Honey Badger Atkins, you can go ahead and check out his campaign, honeybadgerformayor.com. Link in the show notes. That being said, Nate Honey Badger Atkins, thank you for joining the Brian Nichols show. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Brian. Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel, check out the rest of the amazing Proud Libertarian store while you're over there. And be sure to use code TBNS at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. That's right, 10% off your entire order from Proud Libertarian, including everything over at the Brian Nichols Show shop. And all you have to use is code TBNS at checkout. One more time, head to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash shop and check out the brand new Brian Nichols Show store over at Proud Libertarian and use code TBNS at checkout for 10% off your entire entire order. 
Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Nate Atkins, Honey Badger, running for mayor of Minneapolis in 2021. If you are in the great state of Minnesota, specifically in the city of Minneapolis, please do what you can to help raise awareness for Nate's campaign, specifically because it is a ranked choice voting state. Now, for you long-term listeners here on The Brian Nichols Show, you know we are more impartial to approval voting from our conversations with our friends over the uh, Centers for Election Science. Actually, it's not true. I like board account voting. Uh, They're more on the the side of approval voting. We actually had a debate between approval voting versus ranked choice voting, and I was kind of the third wheel saying, I like board account. If you're interested in looking at that, go ahead and to uh, BrianNicholsShow.com and search, uh, just go ahead and search approval voting. The episode will uh, pop up right there. Nice uh, roundtable conversation back uh, earlier this year. But anyways, it will be a great chance for us to get a candidate like Nate at the top of people's minds, specifically for those weary voters who are active voters going out of their way to vote every single year. If they're a left-leaning person or a right-leaning person, Help them get to the point that they can make the decision to say, okay, I'll vote for for Nate as my second choice because believe it or not, as he gets more and more of those second choices, it will help move him up. And if it has to go into a runoff, folks, that's actually a really great opportunity for a libertarian candidate to make even bigger waves. So with that being said, folks, how can we help us uh, go ahead and get Nate's name out there? Well, let's start off by going ahead and sharing today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and include the link to uh, Nate's social media in the show notes. So please go ahead, tag him when you go ahead and share the episode, but also tra- uh, go ahead and tag yours truly. And you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com and parlor.com at B Nichols Liberty. And uh, folks, if you enjoy the episode, I would specifically love to hear about it by reading an awesome review. So head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash reviews. Leave us a quick five star rating and then a quick review. Why do you enjoy the Brian Nichols Show? What did you get out of today's episode with uh, Nate Atkins? And with that being said, what are you going to get out of the Brian Nichols Show going forward? Are you getting value from our sales conversations or our conversations like you'll be getting teaser on Monday with Chris Goy? talking about marketing. I would love to hear about it. BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash reviews. Also, if you want to go ahead and support The Brian Nichols Show, well, how can you do that? Two different ways. Number one, if you want to go ahead and become a reoccurring subscriber of The Brian Nichols Show and become a, a Patreon subscriber, that is, you can head to BrianNicholsShow.com and check out our Patreon link and it'll bring you right to the option to be either a number one, a $5 a month or $10 a month subscriber. Either way, you'll get one of these awesome don't hurt people, don't take people stuff bumper sticker uh, and you'll get entered into uh, some of these awesome masterclass classes we're going to be having uh, with some amazing Liberty folks, both in the sales and marketing world, focusing on specific candidates and their campaigns. I'm so excited. So if you're interested in doing that, head to our Patreon, or if you want to support the Brian Nichols show, but you want to go ahead, maybe, uh, I don't know, get something in return besides all this amazing content, like, I don't know, something like this, don't hurt people and don't take people's stuff bumper sticker or more like Maybe a, uh, how about Amazon, uh, or um, Amazon, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirt? Or how about a question everything bumper sticker? Or how about a snapback that says good ideas don't require force? Well, if you head to briannicholshow.com forward slash shop, you can head, uh, head over to our amazing collaboration shop with Proud Libertarian and check out exclusive Brian Nichols Show merch, and if you use code TBNS at checkout, you get 10% off not just the Brian Nichols Show shop, but also everything else you purchase over on Proud Libertarian, but 
easy to head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash shop and check out all that amazing merch and more. And one final push. I was over on Josh Smith's uh, program, Break the Cycle, back on Thursday. We talked all things sales and marketing. And with that, I, I also discussed specifically my uh, new ebook. If you had not had the chance yet to read our brand new ebook, it's it's free, number one. And number two, it's going to help you sell liberty to people in your immediate circles right now. It's called Four Easy Steps You Can Implement Now to Help Sell Liberty to Friends and Family. I will include that link as well in the show notes, briannicholshow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook for you audio listener coming up here on monday yes i teased it we are uh, talking with our good friend chris goizetta all things marketing on our marketing monday so make sure if you have not had the chance yet hit that subscribe button for you youtube listener hit the magic notification bell and give us a thumbs up there on today's episode but with that being said it's brian nichols signing off here on the brian nichols show for nate honey badger atkins we'll see you monday thanks for listening to the brian nichols show Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.